yours. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, for that lovely introduction. Uh, in case you don't know me, my name is Cam, and uh, for those of you who do know me, my name is also Cam, so feel free to call me that all around the church. And um, I've been coming to this church for about eight years now, and uh, this church is where a lot of my spiritual formation and development has happened across the years. And so I feel very excited, a little bit nervous, but very excited to be able to share with you tonight what uh, God has been teaching me and placed on my heart um, through this last season of life. We're going to be talking a little bit about upstream habits tonight. And I thought a good place to start would be with this uh, little video. So just, just take a look at this, uh, this bus, just turn it around, you know. Traffic going one way, bus decides, hey, not today, I'm going the other way. Um, and look at him go. Look at him go off. Excellent. Great job. And, and I, saw this, I saw this video a while ago, and I actually thought to myself when I saw this video, if I ever get to preach, I'm using this at the, uh, the beginning of my sermon. And then Clinton approached me about talking, and um, I thought of a caption. Like, if this was a meme, I would caption this like this. Um, when God tells you to move upstream, but everything of, in life just tells you to go downstream. That's like probably my caption for this meme right now. Um, anyways, we, we won't watch that all night. Um, I know you can. I watched it like 15 times this afternoon, just over and over. Anyways, upstream habits. Um, this morning, Andrew Heasley uh, talked about the upstream habits of knowing God, how to grow in our knowledge of God. And he, he did an excellent job of covering um, one really fundamental thing in our journey of knowing God, and that is enjoying God's presence. And so I encourage you to go back and have a listen to the message. Um, it's, it's really great. Um, but tonight I'm going to be covering a little bit more on thoughts and how our thought life and how we create upstream habits of our thoughts, how that actually leads us into a deeper understanding and knowledge of God. And I thought a great way that we could start is with a story about Clinton. Um, see, when Clinton and I were meeting up a little bit earlier this week to talk about, uh, you know, seeing if I, what I was talking about, Clinton was just like doing the, the usual checks, making sure I wasn't talking about aliens or anything like that. Um, Clinton told me the story about the first time that he preached at a church. And um, it was kind of a little bit of a reassurance for me. See, what he said was, the first time he preached at a church, uh, he'd spent all the time in preparation, so the weeks leading up to this, this time where he was preaching, uh, just preparing in prayer. And he spent all his time, he just was like, I'll spend all my time in prayer and God will give me a great revelation. Gets up there on the day for this first time, reads the Bible verse that he was meant to be sharing on and kind of was like, ah, I haven't actually prepped any more than this. Because what he did in his preparation was he had he'd prayed heaps, but he hadn't done his preparation. Anyways, he stood up there for two minutes, just kind of going, uh, um, doing like the normal things that you do when you're under pressure. And, um, and after two minutes, uh, the, the, the pastor at the church walks up, gives him a little pat on the back and says, I think what Clinton's trying to say, and Clinton went and took his seat. Um, so if it gets awkward at any point tonight, and I just start jittering around, just know it's two minutes of awkwardness. We'll all kind of be looking at each other, but then Clinton will come up and save me, and it'll all be good. So, so we'll get on from there. No, but um, upstream habits. Um, I've been learning a lot about upstream habits through this last season of life, and especially in our thought life. But I thought a great place that we could start is in the Bible, a great place to start any message. So if you want to get your Bibles out, we're going to be starting in Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. 
It is written up on the screen, but it's very small. So if you've got a Bible, it's probably easier. But Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and that sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. Hebrews 12 gives us a picture of upstream habits. We've got the race set out before us, and it's, it's not easy. You know, anything that goes against the flow is never going to be easy. But Hebrews 12 outlines two things for us. It says, let us throw off everything that so easily entangles, the sin that hinders us from moving forward. And then it also says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Those two things right there that I forgot about. So, yeah, those two things. It's nearly impossible to go on a journey upstream when we're held back by the things that are keeping us in place, the sins, those things that so easily entangle. It's nearly impossible to move up the stream when those things are holding us back. But we also have to fix our eyes on Jesus because he's the one who's pioneered and perfected our faith. And the journey upstream really is a journey of faith. As we look through the Bible, we see a number of different people who've made the journey upstream. We see a number of different, you know, names of like these big Bible stars that have made the journey upstream. And um, this morning when Dad and I were kind of talking about this message and just he was making sure I wasn't talking about aliens either, um, he, he was asking me just to think about some of the people who have done this, who have headed upstream. And I, I started listing off some and I did the classic Bible school. I was like, yeah, one of them's Jesus. Yes, uh, I nailed that one. And then I started to think of some others. I started to think of Moses and Noah and there was Esther and Rahab and a real list of um, a bunch of people. And as I started to list these people off, um, Dad kind of said to me, you know, it's funny because these people that you're listing are all also seen in Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 says this. Whether uh, In Hebrews 11, the writer talks about faith being the, sh- uh, the assurance of the things we hope for and the conviction of the things not seen. And how through faith, people of the Old Testament, people of old, and people will continue to receive their war, their commendation. Through faith, it's what we receive. We get to see the glory of God work through us and through others. And all throughout the Bible, there's these people who set up stream. And it, um, it really commends us to set up on the journey upstream as well. I really like this quote from John Maxwell. It says, most people have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. And um, it's pretty good, but to make it a little more relevant tonight, I thought we would change it to, most people have upstream hopes, but downstream habits. And I changed John Maxwell to Cam Armstrong. So that's real original right there. The thing is, we find ourselves looking upstream. We find ourselves looking at all these things that we want, But so often, we just float downstream, or just as bad, we just don't start on the journey, and so life just takes us downstream. I know for me, uh, this this is like basically the story of running. See, I have all these upstream hopes. 
I have all these ideas of running. I want to get faster. I want to run longer. I want to beat Luke Anderson in a race, um, which is possible at the moment because he's injured. So maybe I'll take the advantage at the moment. Anyways, I've got all these upstream hopes, but everything in my life kind of goes downstream. When running comes up, I go, ah, not today. Or even just as bad, I go, let's go eat some chocolate. And I run to the fridge and then eat the chocolate and it's all undone. Um, but all these things, they lead me downstream. But it's really important that as we set off on a journey, the first place of any journey that we're going to start is that we know where our thoughts are. And leading our thoughts upstream, making sure that we're thinking upstream, is going to actually get us on the journey. <clears throat> as I was uh, listening to Clinton's sermon last week, he talked a little bit about where have we allowed the stream of life just to take us downstream. What are the things in life where we've just allowed ourselves to flow downstream? And uh, anyone who is here, I hope you brought along a dot points of all these different things, and tonight we're just going to conquer them. We're going to get all of them out of the way. Nah, just joking. Um, but not enough time for that. No, but the first part of any thought, as we, as we look at the things that we want to change, as we look at the journeys that we want to head upstream, the first part that we need to think about is our thoughts, the thoughts around these things, because these are going to really govern how we go about this journey. I like this quote as well. Not that one, this one. I will never change my life until I change the way I think. Change does not begin in the doing, but it begins in the thinking. For us to move upstream with our thoughts, we have to make sure that we are having upstream thoughts. So for us to move upstream, we have to make sure that we're thinking upstream. And Romans 12.2 says this, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. The first part, do not be conformed to this world. Do not let yourself just flow downstream. Do not let your thoughts just flow downstream. But instead, by the renewal of your mind... Be trans, uh, by testing and you may discern what is the will of God. To be able to understand and, underst uh, and know what the will of God is, you have to have transformed your mind. You have to renewed your mind like this, this verse says here. For us to know what is good and acceptable, we have to have renewed our mind. And our mind is where our thoughts come from. Okay, so we're going to jump into a, um, a couple dot points because any good message has three dot points. Lucky for you guys, this one has eight. So, you know, heaps of dot points to get around. You can write them all down. Um, they're not going to be too long, don't worry. The first thing I want to talk about is the, the Bible principles around thinking. And in Cle uh, oh, the Bible's heavy. Oh. Big Bible. I should get a smaller Bible. I thought that made me uh, cooler if I had a big Bible. It just falls off, so don't get a big Bible. <laughs> and the first... Oh, it doesn't, doesn't help anything. Sorry. Back to it. Bible principles about thinking. The first thing I want to cover is everything begins with a thought. In Ecclesiastes 10, it says this, Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid living leads to wrong living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong leading. Thinking. 
My words are all over the place. And then in Proverbs, it says this. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. Whoever trusts in their own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Wise thinking is the start of any journey, start to right living. But it isn't the end of the journey. See, although we have the first steps to right living, the journey is still going to be difficult. For us to trust in ourselves on this journey is just not enough. It's not a source of wisdom that's enough to get us through this journey. See, like before we talked about the journey being upstream, everything goes against you when you're going upstream. You're going against the flow. You're going against the norm. And so it's a time where we have to invite Christ into helping us on our journey upstream. Everything begins with a thought, even our habits. Our habits begin with a thought, whether they're conscious or subconscious. And sometimes we just don't think about these thoughts, and that's where our habits form. Habits are built when we repeatedly do something. So when we continually have the same thought, we continually do the same habits. And it's really important that when we're beginning everything with a thought, we need to know where our thoughts are. When we're trying to head upstream, we need to know where we're fixing our thoughts. Like Hebrews 12 says, fix your eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of your faith. If we're going to start a journey upstream, we need to be making sure our thoughts are heading upstream, that we're fixing our eyes on the things upstream. The second thing the Bible tells us about thinking is what we think influences how we feel and how we feel influences how we view things. Hebrew 12, once again, says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. If we're, rem we're reminded in Hebrews to lay aside every weight and sin that clings so tightly, and if our thoughts are weighed down or entangled, in this sin it is very difficult for us to have thoughts that lead into a deeper understanding of God. And if our thoughts are the things that influence how we feel, then we need to make sure that when we're having thoughts about something that's bad, we need to revamp those thoughts. We need to work through them again. I like what Philippians 4 says. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is of excellence or praiseworthy. Think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Right there, we're getting outlined the things that we should set our mind on. See, when we think, we need to be having those upstream thoughts so that that influences how we go about our everyday life. We need to ask ourselves, we need to ask ourselves, what do thoughts need replacing? And what do I replace those thoughts with? And the third, third Bible principle about thinking is our thoughts determine our destiny. 
Galatians 6, verses 7 to 8 puts it like this. Do not, be, uh, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the f- uh, flesh reap corruption. <clears throat> but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We sow what we reap. We've, we've heard that saying a hundred times before. And we become what our habits are. When we look at this verse, we focus on the negative so often. We become what we reap. If we do bad things, then we're going to become those things. We often think like that. But instead, if we flip it around and we think, if we're looking at Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, like Hebrews says, if we're looking to him and he's determining our habits, the things that we're growing into, then as we look to those things, they're the things that we will turn into. They're the things that we're going to sow. They're the patterns that we're going to follow. I like how Stephen Covey unpacks how our thoughts impact our destiny in the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He says it like this. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Oh, jumped a couple. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. And sow a lifestyle, reap your destiny. Our thoughts when we continually do them, they reap our actions. And when we do an action a couple times, when we continually do an action, it reaps a habit. When we sow a habit, when we continually do that habit, we reap a lifestyle. And when we sow a lifestyle, we reap your destiny. So if we fix our eyes on Christ, if He is what our thoughts are about, if that's the thoughts that we're thinking, if those are the thoughts that we're reaping again and again and again, we're going to reap actions that come from that. And when we sow those actions over and over again, we reap a habit. We reap a habit of looking to Christ when we need guidance. When we sow that habit, we reap, reap a lifestyle of looking at Jesus as our author and perfecter. And when we sow that lifestyle, we reap a destiny, a destiny that leads us upstream. This is why it's so important to have upstream habits of our thoughts the thoughts that continually lead us into a deep understanding and knowledge of God. Now we're going to go into five, five habits uh, that we're going to master thinking upstream. Need that page. The first one is this. Find a plan to control my thoughts. The first part of mastering the habit of thinking upstream is find a plan to control my thoughts. Habits are formed when a sequence of events are continually done. This is a habit sequence. First there's a cue, and then we do an action, and then there's a reward. When we do this multiple times over and over again, what scientists have found is that during the cue, our brain is very active. When the action comes, our brain goes into the same capacity of sleeping. And then when we come back to the reward, our brain becomes active again. So what I've found is for running. I'm going to use that as an example again. This is what my running sequence would look like. Cue. I think about running. I think about the habit that I want to build. I think about getting healthy. I think about those things. And I think, maybe I should go for a run. I decide, yes, that's a good idea. I do the action. I go running. Wow, amazing. The reward, endorphins, because you get endorphins when you run. 
However, that's not enough for me all the time. So, I use chocolate. Hmm, sounds a little weird, right? You know, you use chocolate as a reward. What scientists have found is sometimes when we are building habits, the reward, if it doesn't seem like a reward to us, we need to create an artificial reward. So we know that during the action, so during running, I know that at the end, I'm gonna eat just a little bit of chocolate, or maybe a lot, just a little bit of chocolate, and that's my reward. And what scientists have found is when people do this, when they, they think about running, they decide, I'm gonna go running, and their reward at the end is going to be to eat a little bit of chocolate, they found that even when people build this habit after a couple of months, people no longer eat the chocolate. They found that the artificial reward isn't as good as the natural reward you get, which is the endorphins. However, this doesn't quite work for a spiritual habit sequence. We can't use the same artificial rewards when we are doing, uh, growing habits in our spiritual life. See, what the artificial reward is, is it takes our focus what the real reward is. So when we have got a spiritual habit we want to grow, say, for example, we want to um, have a deeper prayer life, our cue is often we want to pray. We think about praying. The action would be having that time of prayer. If our reward at the end is actually a piece of chocolate, then what it does is it skews our mind, skews our eyes from Christ, from where we are meant to be, from fixing our eyes on Christ, to actually this artificial reward. And what we need to do is we need to realize that sometimes... <clears throat> Water break, just like any good running race, need a good water break. <clears throat> we need to understand that our reward is actually getting to spend the time with God. It's not that piece of chocolate, although time of prayer is to be enjoyed. So do enjoy some chocolate during some time of prayer if you want. Like it's, it's totally fine. Just it's not the reward. The second thing we need to do when we are mastering the habit of thinking upstream is we need to find a plan to think my thoughts. Clinton asked last week, how are we spending the first 15 minutes of our days? How are we spending those first waking moments? What are the habits that we've, we've set up there? And so easily, uh, there can be some habits that just lead us downstream, start our day off terribly. I found that for me, I have to think about how I want to spend the waking moments of my next morning. See, I know that the second I wake up, I'm not going to be instantly ready to spend time in the Word. I'm not going to be instantly ready to learn something. So what I do is when I first get up, I go out to my kitchen, turn on the coffee machine, make myself a coffee, and then I get a book and I just write out any single thought I'm thinking, just everything, beginning to end. And I get everything off my mind. By the time that this has kind of happened, five minutes, I'm ready in this place where I'm actually able to think thoughts that are going to lead me upstream. I'm ready to set my mind on the things that are above and things that will help me on my journey. See, there's no point in going to a place. I realized I made a mistake up on the screen, sorry. We need to find a place to think my thoughts, not a plan. Find a place to think my thoughts. See, when we, 
When we go into environments where our, thought, our, our mind is a little bit crazy, say for example a cafe, if you always decide to go into a cafe to think your thoughts, then often, at least my experience, is my thoughts get hijacked in a million different directions. I hear the conversations, I, I start racing off in different directions. We need to find places where when we want to think our thoughts, they're, they're quiet. They're places that we can actually focus on our thoughts. So that's the second thing that we need to do. Find a place to think your thoughts. The third habit that you need to master is find a person to stretch my thoughts. Um, I feel very blessed to have Joe, who introduced me before, who's someone who really stretches my thoughts. And the reason for finding someone who stretches your thoughts is you'll never be able to see a different perspective. You'll never be able to fully understand something else if you're not having someone else input into your thoughts. You'll never be able to actually test your thoughts, make sure you know what, that there's a reason for your thoughts if no one's ever really testing, asking you, stretching your thoughts in different directions. And I'm um, super excited because in 2019, is gonna be focusing a lot on connect groups, which are a great way that we can stretch our thoughts with people that are not only older than us, but they're also the people around us. I like what Hebrews 10 says. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of the return is drawing near. It says, let us motivate one another in acts of love and good works. It's a great thing to do in our connect groups. It's a great thing to do with the people around us to stretch each other's thoughts, make sure that we're thinking of things that are loving and things of good works. The fourth thing that we can do is find a purpose to land my thoughts. It's really important that before we start thinking new thoughts, we land any old thoughts. See, what I found is when I'm trying to start a new day off thinking new thoughts, trying to hear what God has to say to me in a new day. If I'm still thinking of the things of yesterday, they can often hijack my thoughts or get me thinking about, I wish I had have just changed this. I wish I had have done this a little bit differently. But in John 8, 32, it says this. When Jesus um, was saying to his disciples that when they abide in him and abide in his words, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's important that we land our thoughts. So when we hear the truth, the truth can actually set us free. We're not so, thought, uh, not so caught up on the day before thoughts that we're not ready for the future. See, what often happens is when we think the same thoughts, when we don't land the thoughts of yesterday, we flow downstream. And we don't allow ourselves to let go of those things that so easily entangle and to head upstream. And the final thing is find a power to fuel my thoughts. Hebrews 12 says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that's where we get our power. That's where we get the power to fuel our thoughts. When we fix our eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. See, the journey upstream is difficult and we really can't do it alone. We need to invite Christ in on this journey with us. He is the source, the power, the reason for us swimming upstream and the reason that we go against the norm. We alone cannot perfect our faith. We alone cannot do the journey. 
We need something far greater than ourselves to help us on the journey. And we need something far greater than ourselves to give us a reason to do the journey. Ephesians 3 says this, Now to him who is able to do far more, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As we fix our eyes on Christ, as He is the author and perfecter of our faith, we admit that we can't do this journey alone. We realize that we can tap into a power far more abundant than anything we can think or anything that we could ever know. And that, that's where Christ's glory is shown. That when we look to Him as He helps us on the journey, as we head upstream, that we glorify God through everyday actions. I just want to finish off with John 15, verse 5. This is what Jesus was saying to His disciples. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, is, uh, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And this really is what the journey upstream is all about. When we're disconnected from the vine, then we can't do the journey. We'll float downstream eventually. There's not enough reason for us. But when we abide in him, we bear much fruit. We have the ability to go upstream. For apart from him, we can do nothing. Let me finish in prayer. Lord, our, it's from our thoughts that all our actions are formed. Lord, will you, uh, Lord, I pray that our thoughts are constantly directed towards you, the author and perfecter of our faith, the only one who's worth thinking about. And Lord, as we look to you, as we journey upstream, as we constantly working on the ways that we can think of you and grow in our faith towards you, Lord, let us know that you can do abundantly more when we trust in you. Let us know that you can do far more. We can make the journey when we trust in you. Lord, help us on this journey, for it's not easy. And often, when forming habits, we want to give up. But Lord, let us fix our eyes on you, the only one worthy of our praise, the only one worthy of us looking at. Let us fix our eyes on you and desire constantly to get thoughts about you. In Jesus' name. Amen.